You're listening to Say Yes to You with me, Just Ange Marie, a podcast focused on inspiring you to say yes to you, your life, and your happiness. Let's say yes to showing up genuinely, authentically, and unapologetically to become a better, stronger version of you one episode at a time. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to You. My name is Ange, I am your host as always, and today we are going to dive into a quote that has become increasingly relevant to me over the past few years, and I have a feeling that most of you will definitely be able to relate to it as well. So without further ado, let's begin. As you can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are going to be talking about the quote, eliminate what doesn't help you evolve. Honestly, I'm not sure who to credit for this quote. I'm not sure who said it, when they said it, or even when I saw this quote for the first time. All I know is that, again, it's very relevant to me, and I'm sure that it's also relevant to you listening in right now. So I'd like to start off this episode by defining two words from the quote, eliminate what doesn't help you evolve. And those two words are eliminate and evolve. The word eliminate is a verb, meaning to completely remove or get rid of something. And the word evolve is also a verb, meaning to develop gradually, especially from a simple to a more complex form, or to change or develop slowly, often into a better, more complex or more advanced state. So if we put two and two together, Today, we'll basically be talking about removing things from our lives that do not help us change or develop into better versions of ourselves. Or, in other words, basically conquering those roadblocks that pop up throughout our journey of saying yes to ourselves. Because the core of Say Yes to You is all about evolving. It's all about changing and developing into a better, more complex, more advanced version of yourself. I say it in the intro to each and every episode of this podcast. It's all about becoming a better, stronger version of you one day at a time. So of course, I had to take this topic over to my Instagram page to get your input and answers to one very important question pertaining to this episode. And that is, What have you eliminated from your own life that was standing in the way or keeping you from evolving in your personal life? I got some short answers and some longer ones, and I'd like to take the time to share some of them. It'll quickly become clear to you that there is one common theme and trending answer across the board. So, the first response that I got was from my friend Kara, who I met through Instagram and have known for a few years now. I think we connected way back when, in 2017, when we were both doing Kayla Itstein's Bikini Body Guide and I had my Fitness by Ange page. Kara is funny, kind, authentic, and has always supported everything and anything that I have shared through social media month to month and year to year, which seriously means so much to me. Anyhow, Kara answered my question about elimination and evolving and said that she eliminated all social media from her life 
by deleting all the social media apps off of her phone. She now only re-downloads Instagram once a week for a couple of hours at most to catch up on things. But that is it. Kara said, Not having the option to scroll has eliminated my addiction and the time and energy that it has unlocked for me has been so amazing. First off, a huge kudos to Kara because I feel like a lot of us are completely capable of doing exactly what she's doing, but we'll totally not push ourselves out there like she is by deleting all the social media apps off of her phone. So that is a job well done to say the least. But I can actually kind of relate to Kara in the way that I also deleted almost all of the social media apps off of my phone. I have Instagram, which I do use every day, and I have Facebook and Facebook Messenger, which I use every so often, mainly for photography, business, and marketing purposes. But I do not have Snapchat, I don't have TikTok, I don't have Twitter, or whatever else there is out there on my phone. And I am shamelessly and authentically damn proud of that because, like Kara said, it's amazing how not having the option to scroll on social media apps on your phone can unlock so much more time and energy for you in your everyday life. So that was my first response from Kara, and now we are going to move on to the next one. Another response that I got when I asked you guys on social media about elimination and eliminating what doesn't help you evolve was from someone who would like to remain anonymous, so we're going to call her Hannah because that is not her name. Hannah said that eliminating toxic friends and family members from her life has helped her evolve. I asked her to tell me more and she was so kind and she said that she would tell me the rest of her story. But first, really quick. I would like to admit, if you couldn't tell, that the first little chunk of this episode was scripted, and the second half is about to be unscripted and unedited. This is simply because I genuinely and honestly did not feel like waking up at 5 in the morning this week to finish my script. I put my sleep first, and I've either been very busy with other obligations after work every day, or I've honestly just been really tired when I got home from work. So... We're going to go back to the basics now, the way that this podcast started out a year ago, which is unscripted, unedited, raw, real, and authentic. So I hope that you guys are here for that. I hope that you are not expecting perfection or everything to sound great because we're just going to wing it. So let me break down the rest of this episode for you real quick before we dive into that. I'm going to tell Hannah's story about how she eliminated toxic friends and family members from her life. Then I'm going to continue with reading other responses that I got to my question on Instagram. And I'm going to finish this episode with talking about the biggest thing that I have eliminated from my life over the past month, which has helped me grow and evolve. So if that sounds good to you, if you want to keep listening in, Let's dive right in with Hannah's story about eliminating toxic friends and family from her life. This is what she messaged me on Instagram. My husband passed away about three months ago after we got married, and I was struggling with my mental health. His best friend had told me that he couldn't come to the funeral because he couldn't get off work. Then he started messaging me every day complaining about work and girls, and he would never ask me about my day or how I was doing. 
He would stop answering me whenever the conversation wasn't about him. He also admitted that he didn't come to my husband's funeral because he wasn't ready to accept his passing and the funeral would have made it all too real. He said some other awful things and I decided that I didn't want to talk to him ever again and we haven't since that day. I felt relieved after knowing that I didn't have to respond to his messages and make him feel better when I couldn't even make myself feel better. This is when I started learning that I need to do things that are good for me and not what I think other people want me to do or think I should do. My husband's parents were also very controlling and made me feel bad about going to therapy, trying to date again, and going out with friends on the weekends instead of seeing them. I felt like a dog on a chain. I couldn't be myself or do anything that they didn't like. About a year after he passed away, I spent less and less time with them because it just wasn't good for me. I actually wrote them a letter saying how I felt about everything, but never sent it to them. We don't talk anymore. I had to cut the chain and live my life how I wanted to. So, there are a few things that definitely stuck out to me within Hannah's story. First of all, Hannah, if you are listening right now, I just wanted to say that I am so deeply and truly sorry about your husband passing away. I can't even imagine my heart was breaking reading that. It just made me so sad for you. But after you said my husband passed away three months after we got married, then you went on to say all of the things that you, I don't want to say you have overcome, but just like the way that you started to notice that you have to put yourself first and take care of you. And that's what I wanted to dive into real quick is that you said, um, let me find it real quick in your message. Give me one second here. Um, You said, I didn't have to respond to his messages and make him feel better when I couldn't even make myself feel better. This is when I started learning that I need to do things that are good for me and not what I think other people want me to do or think I should do. The fact that you had the strength and the ability to cut off these people and, for better word, eliminate these people from your life because they weren't helping you evolve is absolutely huge. Like, your husband passed away and, I don't know, I would think that I guess most people would want to hold on to their husband's best friend and their husband's parents and not let go because I guess it would be easier for you to surround yourself with more people regardless of the way that they were treating you instead of letting them go because I think that is the harder thing to do. So the fact that you cut these people off and that you let them go because they weren't treating you how you wanted to be treated is just absolutely huge and I think that we could all definitely learn something from Hannah and her story and the fact that you just have to do things that are good for you and not what you think other people want you to do or think you should do that is again like the core of this podcast and saying yes to yourself that is a huge reason why I started this podcast in the first place because saying yes to you is all about selfless selflessly and unapologetically putting yourself first and doing what you think is best for you regardless of what anyone else has to say or think because again one of my favorite quotes that I've mentioned a few times in this podcast is from the minimalists and it is people will judge let them judgment is but a mirror 
that is reflecting the person doing the judging. Something along the lines of that. So whatever anybody else has to say about you or think about you is but a mirror of themselves and actually has nothing to do with you. So anyway, sorry, I got a little bit off track there. Um, Whatever your husband's best friend and your husband's parents had to think about you or say about you actually has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And I just think that it was so badass and really shows how confident and strong you are that you cut these people out of your life and decided to do what was best for you and not what other people think that you should do or other people want you to do. And I'm just very happy that you shared your story with me and that you allowed me to share it on my podcast to inspire other people. And ultimately that you eliminated what doesn't help you evolve and that you also learned how to say yes to you in the process. Moving on to my next response when I asked you guys on social media, what did you eliminate from your life that was not helping you evolve? Michelle messaged me and she said, I eliminated a whole lifestyle and career. My old job and lifestyle allowed me to travel and snowboard. However, when I moved into my 30s, that type of life didn't suit me anymore. I was craving stability, one location to live, and a solid and consistent income. My old life was eating my soul, and as soon as I transitioned into a new lifestyle with a career change, I began conquering my goals and felt free, inspired, and full again. So that is also something that is definitely not easy to say the least. Eliminating a whole lifestyle and career because when you go into a new chapter in your life or a new year such as your 30s, like Michelle said, the type of life that you might have been living might not suit you anymore, like she was saying with her life. So I can personally definitely relate to this, although she's talking about her 30s and I am 24. Um... I moved out of college a semester earlier than everybody else that I was living with and like the friend group that I was in at the time. Something inside of me, like my intuition, was just poking at me and saying, you should be home, you should take care of yourself. And although I felt like that was true at the time, I'm going to keep a long story short. If you guys have listened to previous episodes, then you definitely know this whole story probably. But basically I felt like moving home from college a semester early was the brink and the beginning of me truly taking care of my mental health and like putting myself first and going on this many year long journey of going to therapy and starting to take medication and things like that. I feel like if I never moved home from college a semester early while that didn't like fix all of my problems and it wasn't this like beautiful end-all be-all solution to anything. It was the beginning of a lot of other hard things that I had to start going through. Um, Anyway, I eliminated my old lifestyle of living at college and those kinds of things and like the people that I was with. I eliminated kind of everything that I like built up over the past three and a half years living at college because something about that lifestyle wasn't suiting me anymore. I wanted to be home. I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to focus more on myself. And I was craving different things. Like Michelle said, I was craving stability, one location to live, a solid and consistent income. My old life was eating at my soul, things like that. So I can definitely relate to that. Just like moving out of college a semester early and 
transitioning out of the college lifestyle and transitioning into a different lifestyle, living at home, which everybody that I was surrounding myself with back then was going to end up doing that anyway, just a few months after me. And I decided to do it a few months earlier. So I feel like Michelle can probably also relate to that too. Like when you move into your 30s, um, not like, okay, what am I trying to say? <laughs> um, not when you move into your 30s, but there may come a point in everyone's life where you decide that the type of life that you're living doesn't suit you anymore and you start to crave different things like stability, one location to live, a solid and consistent income. And as soon as you transition into that new lifestyle, as soon as you eliminate all of those other things that are eating at your soul and not helping you evolve and become the person that you want to be, you might feel free and inspired and full again, just like Michelle did. So Michelle, I am so proud of you for making that lifestyle change. That is definitely not easy. Again, like I was saying about Hannah is that I feel like the easier thing to do would be stay would be to stay in the lifestyle that you are used to and that you are comfortable with. And same thing with me. I feel like the easier thing for me to do my senior year of college would have been to stay on campus, to stay in the friend group that I was with, just stay put. You know, there are people, I don't know if Michelle can relate to this, but personally with my situation, I had people that were resisting to the change that I was trying to make. There's like some kind of analogy with crabs in a bucket. It's like when you are, it's like an analogy. Um, when you're like the one crab that is trying to leave the bucket, all the other crabs are like trying to make you go back into the bucket. Like that's definitely not accurate. Um, if you are able to safely look it up right now, look up like crabs in the bucket analogy. It's definitely accurate in this <laughs> um, situation that I'm trying to describe here. I wish I could describe it better. But it's like I was that one crab trying to leave the bucket and everybody else was like, no, 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 we don't want you to leave. We want you to stay. And I feel like the easier thing to do would be to stay. For Michelle, it would have been, you know, keep traveling, keep snowboarding, even though the lifestyle doesn't really suit you anymore, even though you're craving different things, just stay put. You know, that's a lot easier. The harder thing to do is doing what she did. And I think also what I did, you know, listening to your intuition and listening to those things that you're craving. I was craving living at home, being with my family, just something different, change. And I think that's the harder thing to do. I think it takes a lot of confidence. So Michelle, if you're listening right now, I absolutely applaud you for eliminating that lifestyle and that career that was not working for you and evolving into a better lifestyle that suits you and that fills you up and makes you feel inspired and free and full again. And to whoever is listening right now, maybe that is something you have to think about. Maybe you can relate to Michelle in the way that you're working a job or living a lifestyle that is comfortable for you but doesn't really suit you. Maybe it's worth like opening a note on your phone or opening up a voice memo and just like talking into your phone about your thoughts or if you really want to, opening up a journal and journaling about it and just thought dumping about, you know, where am I at in my life right now and does where I'm does this lifestyle that I'm currently living and where I am at suit me? Is it making me feel free? Is it making me feel inspired? Is it making me feel full? 
Or should I start taking small steps towards eliminating my current job, my current lifestyle into and then start evolving into a different lifestyle that makes me feel better about myself? I think that's something that we should all definitely reflect on maybe every few months, every year, Um, you know, just kind of thinking like, where am I at? And is there something better for me out there? All right, moving on to Meg. Meg said, I left a toxic relationship. My ex used to make me feel guilty about my mental illness. He told me that it ruined his life. It made him feel differently about me. He'd always tell me that I was lazy because I was so tired all the time. Other things like I couldn't be a mom because I'd be terrible since I had eating disorders and depression. I always felt like I was walking on eggshells. Also, unrelated, but I'm a nurse and I left the hospital to work outpatient and it has drastically improved my life and my mental well-being, not working those crazy long shifts and being on nights. So, leaving a toxic relationship. Um, if you've made it this far, I'm just going to say, newsflash, the one thing that is definitely trending in the answers that I got from most people on Instagram is leaving toxic relationships or toxic friendships or breaking off bonds with family members that prove to be toxic. So leaving a toxic relationship. Um, First of all, Meg, I am so sorry that your ex used to make you feel guilty about your mental illness. I can 100% relate to that. One of my previous boyfriends used to also make me feel not so great about the way I was feeling as well. And it's weird, like you can get wrapped up in like, I don't want to say trying to prove to them, but basically in one way or another, trying to prove to your significant other, like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And it's like, you're trying to prove to them that you're okay. And at the same time, you start trying to prove to yourself you're okay, which honestly I would say is not too great because I'm a huge advocate for the fact that it's okay to not be okay and to work on yourself to, I don't want to say become okay again, but like, you know what I mean? If you're trying to prove to a significant other that you don't need medication, you don't need therapy, you're all good, you're not mentally ill, like, but what if you are, you know, it's okay to like focus on yourself and reach out to a psychiatrist, reach out to a therapist, all of those things. So I don't think that it's healthy in any way, shape, or form to be with a person that makes you feel guilty about having a mental illness, especially if they're saying it ruins their life, if that makes you feel, if they feel differently about you because of it. Again, coming from someone who was in a relationship with someone where I felt like I couldn't be honest or talk about any of that. And now I'm with someone that I can be 1,010% honest and open about all of that with. It's like night and day. So if you're listening right now and if you can relate to Meg's situation about being in a toxic relationship where your significant other might make you feel guilty about your mental illness, if they say anything along the lines of it's ruining my life and makes me feel differently about you, you're lazy because you're tired, you will never be a mom because you have eating disorders and depression, like, please notice, just take a second to, like, notice what's going on here and 
carefully and cautiously start taking steps to walking the other way. It's a lot easier said than done, I know, but Meg's story definitely has something to say here. Like, if you are not with someone that is supporting you and someone that you can be open and honest with, um, that's definitely something to reevaluate. And Meg, I'm really sorry that you were put in that position, but I definitely think it was a huge learning experience, as it was for me too, where you can learn about like the kind of person that you don't want to be with, the kind of person that has traits that you do not want in a partner or a significant other. And then you can start looking for the kind of person that has traits like you, somebody that does not make you feel guilty about your mental illness, somebody that supports you regardless, somebody that, you know, it doesn't make them feel differently about you, someone that understands that if you're tired, you're not being lazy, um, things like that, just the opposite of the person that you were with. So... Thank you for sharing your story with me, and also I'm very proud of you for leaving the hospital for working an outpatient because you said it's drastically improved your life, and that's something else that we should all definitely think about too. Like, You don't have to necessarily leave your job, maybe, but is there something that could work better for you? Like, I know someone in my life, I'm not going to say who, but somebody that's has decided to work from home at least a majority of the week instead of working in the office because it works better for their mental health. Things like that. Like maybe you don't want to necessarily pick up and leave your job, but maybe there's something you can tweak. Like Meg said, I left the hospital to work outpatient and I'm not working those crazy long shifts and being on nights anymore. She didn't leave her job, but she made tweaks and changes so that her mental health and her mental well-being is now much better than it was. Same thing with the idea of like, I'm not going to work in an office five days a week. I'm going to work from home a few days or maybe a whole week. I'm going to be honest about when I need to be home. So little things like that. Maybe there are some things in your life that you could tweak and adjust to make your mental health and well-being better. I think those things are definitely worth taking into consideration and thinking about. Okay, next response is from Rachel. Rachel said, I eliminated the weird need and stress I felt to connect to every single person that I followed on social media by redirecting that energy towards connecting with real life relationships that I feel so blessed to have. Different people and different friend circles that I catch up with a couple of times a month, that sort of thing. Giving all my attention and love to those friends in real life has sorry, (laughs) giving my attention and love to those friends in a real life setting has been so refreshing and it leaves me feeling so much happier and fuller, where online might make me feel empty or anxious. It's also enabled me to focus and find so much joy in being able to listen to others' stories and share in a special moment or allow them to open up to me in person about something. These little moments have felt like such a blessing, especially since we've all been so isolated. Okay, I'm sure that all of us can probably relate to Rachel in one way or another. So again, I just want to read the first sentence of what Rachel said, just to rehash, um, emphasize, whatever. She said, I eliminated the weird need and stress I felt to connect to every single person that I followed on social media. By redirecting that energy towards connecting with the real-life relationships I feel so blessed to have. 
we can all learn something from Rachel because I think a lot of us feel that need to connect to every single person that you follow on social media or maybe not every single person but it's really easy for us to get caught up in our phones and I for one have definitely been in Rachel's shoes multiple times in my past especially when I first started my Instagram page and it was fitness by Ange I felt that weird need and stress to connect with people on social media all day every day because I mean I don't want to say it was a bad thing like I didn't think it was a bad thing I felt like it was filling up my cup in the beginning and I think that's where a lot of us can get caught up in this is like you don't feel like it's wrong to be commenting and liking and sharing and following and unfollowing and or, I love unfollowing. Never mind. <laughs> you don't feel like it's wrong to be like on your phone engaging with people all day, every day. And it's not wrong, but like if it takes away from those, from like Rachel was saying, connecting with the real life relationships that you have in your life, I think that's when uh, like a problem might be coming into play. Um, I think that we can get caught up in those relationships that we have with people on our phones through Snapchat, their Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, I know this definitely happened to me again, as I said, when I first started my Instagram page and also when I was doing beach body coaching, which um, I think, I don't know, I feel like a lot of beach body people do this or like Arbon or like multi-level marketing people um, spending hours and hours a day on your phone or on your laptop or whatever it is and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I can work from home. I can work by the pool. I can work on the beach. And it's like, yeah, but you're consumed in your laptop or your phone with messaging all these people online. Sure, you might have those vacations where you connect with people in real life for like a couple days or a week. But for the majority, you're constantly consumed in messaging other people through your phone and building relationships with people through your phone. And you feel that weird need and stress to connect with every single person and as many people that you can through your phone. And I think when we're spending a majority of our time doing that versus redirecting the energy towards people in your real life and those real life relationships, um, again, I think that's where like a problem might be coming into play. So... I don't know, I can definitely relate to that, just like trying to connect with people through direct messages, um, answering people through text or sending audio messages or following and liking and commenting and sharing and all of that versus focusing on my real life relationships. And like Rachel said, um, she said, giving my attention and love to those friends in a real life setting has been so refreshing and it leaves me feeling so much happier and fuller where online might make me feel empty or anxious. I feel like part of maybe, I don't know if this is how Rachel feels, but I feel like part of those online relationships and why they might make you feel empty or anxious is because maybe you comment on something and you don't know if somebody's going to like it or comment back. Maybe you send somebody a direct message and you don't know when or if they are going to respond. Maybe you follow somebody and you don't know if they're going to follow you back. I feel like that's where a lot of the emptiness or anxiousness might come into play, where when you're just giving love to your friends in a real life setting, it's like, 
I am here. I am a human. I am communicating with you. I have facial expressions. I am expressing my love and gratitude for you. And you're right in front of the person and you're able to hopefully connect with them and have them express that love and gratitude right back to you or something as simple as like laughing like telling jokes and laughing with another person and that's like instant gratification and makes you feel refreshed and happy and full instead of waiting on the other end for a message back or a like or a comment or a follow back or something like that and if you don't get that reciprocation or gratification then you might feel again empty or anxious so that is how I personally interpreted that and yeah I think that we can all definitely learn something from Rachel and just like if you haven't done this already I would highly recommend eliminating that stress that you might feel to connect with every single person on social media because social media is great but it's not the end-all be-all it's not our everyday life as many of us now know I, th- I mean I hope I think I know that I know this from the people that I followed over the past year to two years is that Instagram is a highlight reel Twitter might also be I don't know I don't do Twitter um, Facebook I think definitely is a highlight reel even like LinkedIn I think of LinkedIn as like people always go on there and they just post their accomplishments they post the highlights they say I just got this job, I just accomplished this, I just got that award, which I think is great, but personally I'm not the kind of person that loves to see like only your highlights. I'm very about like obviously authenticity and I want to know the highs and the lows and I have so much more respect for a person that talks about the highs and the lows and everything in between and not just the good moments in their lives. So yeah. Um, I don't really know what else to say about that. It's just that I think that we can all learn something from Rachel and just know that like, especially with me, I know that I have like stopped answering direct messages because I don't feel the need to be in my direct messages and like answering every single person that messages me anymore, which you might think is awful. But for me, it gives me that refreshing and happy and full feeling that like, I don't have to answer every single person that messages me. I can just live in the moment and I want to answer to the people that are surrounding me, the humans, my family, my coworkers, my best friend when she calls, those people in my everyday life. It's more important for me to answer to those people and put those people first versus the people that might comment on a post or send me a direct message. Like that's online, that's great and dandy, but it's not real. It's not my reality. I mean, it is real in the way that I am real and authentic online, but like, it's not the end of the world if you don't answer every person that messages you or if you don't comment back or if you decide to not go on social media for a week or two weeks or a month or two months or if you decide to delete it altogether. So point being, you don't have to connect to every single person that you follow. I love how Rachel said she now prioritizes the real life relationships that she has and those different friend circles she catches up with them a few times a month giving her attention to her real friends in a real life setting i just absolutely freaking love that and i'm so happy that she's done that and i think we can all learn something from rachel the next response that i got is from benjamin benjamin said i had to get rid of facebook and photography oh that breaks my heart 
But he said, Facebook was just consuming my time from everything else. Both Facebook and photography were taking time away from my studies. Not soon after I gave up both, I graduated with my master's degree. So the way that I ultimately interpret this is that Benjamin eliminated those things from his life because he had a goal. He wanted to graduate with his master's degree. And I think that while Facebook is great because, I mean, I think it's great for the reason of marketing and even selling, like Facebook Marketplace is pretty cool, like selling things on Facebook Marketplace, marketing yourself and your business, connecting with people. I connect with a lot of people for photography and photo shoots. So I love Facebook for that purpose. But I think that it can consume your time from everything else when, again, you get caught up in, like, Kara, you get caught up in scrolling. Or, like, Rachel, you start to feel the need to connect with everybody on your friends list or the people that are posting day-to-day instead of connecting with people in your everyday life. So I think that it is great that Benjamin eliminated Facebook and photography for the sole purpose of wanting to evolve into a person that had his master's degree. If things like Facebook and photography were standing in the way of you reaching your goal, I think that that's definitely appropriate to eliminate those things that are keeping you from evolving into that person that you want to be. So it just breaks my, uh, you know, I'm a photographer, so I don't want to hear that someone eliminated photography from their life. So hopefully that was only temporary. But again, I think it's okay to, I would say, shift your focus. If you want to shift your focus off of things like personally for me I also did this like I shifted my focus off of posting on Instagram every single day about my everyday life and my thoughts and my feelings I was doing that for like the past year but when I started working a new job and I transitioned into being out of the house and busy and occupied every day from 9 a.m to 5 p.m and engaging with people more in my everyday life like humans versus people online um, what was I saying? Basically, I had to shift my focus and I had to eliminate that need to post on Instagram and post long captions every single day. And that was so that I could evolve into a person that had a steady job and a steady income and someone that focused more on those everyday real life relationships with my coworkers and with my family versus someone that was prioritizing all the relationships that she had with people online. So I definitely think that eliminating that has gotten me to a better place. And I'm happy that Benjamin also eliminated things from his life to graduate with his master's degree. So we could all learn something from Benjamin in the way that you might have to shift your focus. You might have to eliminate things in order to achieve one goal that you have. And One of the last responses that I got from my question about eliminating what doesn't help you evolve is from Marissa. And Marissa said, I have removed myself from toxic friendships and environments and it has changed my life. So that again is going along with that main theme here because other responses that I got from people were, I eliminated a long time friend from my life. Her negative outlook always left me feeling down, negative, and annoyed. Somebody else said, I eliminated friends that serve no purpose except to take from me. Someone else said, I eliminated life-sucking friends. Someone said, I eliminated toxic family and friends. And someone else said, I eliminated toxic relationships 100,000%. 
So a lot of people can definitely relate to Marissa, eliminating toxic friends and environments and family from our lives. Um, That is definitely something that I have done. I have another episode on that. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but if you scroll back, it wasn't too long ago. I have an episode where I talk with my mom about moving on from a friendship, and I have another episode talking about the word toxic and eliminating toxic things from your life. So if that's something that you can relate to and you haven't listened to those two episodes, I would highly recommend going back and listening to those episodes. But briefly relating to Marissa and relating to all of you about eliminating toxic friends from your life. Um, The first time I would say that I did this was, again, when I moved home from my first semester of college. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) When I moved home from my first semester of college, I eliminated a lot of people from my life slowly but surely. That was never my intention, but it just kind of naturally happened, and I think that it was for the best. And more recently, over the past, like, year, I would say, I eliminated one of my very close friends from my life as well, which also wasn't really my intention, but just kind of naturally happened and was also for the best. So maybe that's something you can relate to as well, is just like maybe you know that a relationship is toxic and it's not working for you, and maybe you don't want to cut the cord, pull the plug, but you know that it's probably going to happen, maybe naturally, maybe over a longer period of time. And in the end, it's for the best, you know? I think that there's this stigma that, like, especially with social media, you see a lot of people that are friends with their elementary school friends, their middle school friends, their college friends, their high school friends, whatever it might be. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't stay in touch or maintain those relationships with those people because we grow and we change and we evolve. And as you grow and change and evolve into a better person, you're going to meet other people. I truly believe in that. Like, I think that the universe has your back and you're going to meet people that better align with you and the person that you are today versus the person that you were a year ago or three years ago or six years ago. You know, you're not that person anymore. And I think if people naturally fall out of your life, that's okay. And I truly believe that it's making room for people that you will better connect with because when you eliminate people from your life, then you have more space for better people to walk in. So I think that's a great way to think of it. If you're going to remove toxic friends and environments, longtime friends, life-sucking friends, toxic family members, toxic relationships, whatever it might be, If you're going to remove those things from your life, remember that you're making space for something better. And I think the universe will see you and it will hear you. And it might take a little bit of time, but you're going to connect with people that better align with who you are right now versus who you were. So that is definitely something very important to consider and remember. And that is literally all the responses that I got from people on Instagram. And I am really happy that so many people responded. I was like expecting like one or two responses and the fact that people were like so open and honest with me about the things that they have gone through um, 
if you are one of the people that responded and you are listening right now, I'm truly thankful and grateful for you because you allowed me to share your story and hopefully there are other people listening right now that can relate to you and definitely like learn something from you or you made them think about something that they might have not stopped and thought about otherwise. So you made a difference in my life. You're making a difference in the lives of other people and it just makes me so happy that my podcast isn't always me sitting here and talking about myself and my life, but you give me the ability to talk about your life and you know, it's not always about me. It's about other people too. And that just makes me really happy to like share other people's stories and thoughts and whereabouts, especially when it comes to elimination and evolving into a better version of yourself. So as I said earlier, I would like to end this episode with talking about one thing that I have eliminated from my own life over the past month that has helped me evolve. And that one thing I've only posted about this once or twice over the past month. I haven't been very open about it, but as I said in my last episode, I am going to continue to not put all of my time and energy into being very open on social media. I am instead going to put my time and energy into being more open on this podcast once a week versus being open on social media multiple times a week. And with that being said, I'm going to share with you guys, again, that one thing that I've eliminated from my life. I've only posted about this on social media once or twice. And that one thing is alcohol. Over the past month, I don't know exactly how many days it's been. Today is June 13th that I'm recording this and I have not had any alcohol since May 6th. So I've gone from May 6th to June 13th without drinking and yeah that one thing I've eliminated from my life is alcohol. So I have some bullet points in my notes here of a few things that I wanted to talk about in relation to alcohol and why I decided to eliminate it from my life. Um, Basically I want to start with my relationship with alcohol in high school and in college. So I was always that friend in high school whenever the opportunity did present itself to me to drink I was that friend that honestly like being completely real with you guys ever since I was younger I had a phobia of vomiting there was a child in my um, elementary school class I think it was in second grade and in my second grade class there was a child that threw up and the fans were on And I think I saw like some kind of a tweet about this or something where it was like, why in elementary school did kids get sick so often? Like there are multiple times in first and second grade where I remember kids getting sick and it just like literally scarred me. I don't know why, but it made me so scared. It gave me so much anxiety about going to school. I was like literally so afraid that a child was going to throw up in class and it just made me so anxious and after that one experience where the kid got sick and the fans were on in the room and it got on my name tag like there was no going back for me that was a traumatic experience as a child and still sticks with me to this day but point being growing up and getting older that traumatic experience seriously stuck in my brain 
and it made me afraid of getting sick to the point where I knew that when people drank too much, they would get sick. And whenever alcohol was presented to me in high school or in my early years of college, I was so afraid of getting sick from like drinking at all that I didn't want to drink. Or when I did drink in college, I stuck to like Mike's Hard Lemonade, things like that that were like super sugary and like super low in alcohol so that I could participate but not get drunk. I was afraid of the feeling of getting drunk. I was afraid of throwing up. I just had like so much fear and anxiety and apprehension around alcohol. So I was never like, I was the designated driver. I was the person that drank the things that was like, oh, I'm cool. I'm participating, but I'm only going to have one or two because they taste good and I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to get sick. I am just going to be the designated driver or be the bystander. That's how I was growing up. And then my next bullet point, um, my relationship with alcohol, my second semester of my senior year. I feel like that's when things really started changing for me Um, later on in college and especially when I moved home from college, when I got closer with one of my friends from elementary school and high school. um, This is the friend that if you listen to the episode, How to Move On from a Friendship, we got a lot closer when I moved home because she moved home from living away. I moved home from college. We were both in our hometown and we started going out to local bars at least once a week, if not like one, two, three, I don't want to say like four times a week, but you get my point. We started going out to local bars together and she was like, she lives in a party town, a party city before moving home from where she was living and she loved to drink and being around her all the time or like most of my time made me want to drink more. So I feel like my relationship with alcohol really started to change my second semester of my senior year when I moved home. When I spent more time with somebody who liked to drink, I started to drink more when I was around her. So I feel like that's when things really started to change for me because it became a social thing. It became like oh, I'm going to go out. And that's the thing. Like it was never, I don't want to say a problem, but like it was never an issue for me when I was by myself. It became an issue for me when it was a social thing. When I would go out with my friend or go out with multiple friends to a bar, it was really easy to get carried away in drinking more when I was around other people versus like wanting to drink when I was at home by myself. So long story short, um, I'll probably tell the longer story someday, but I'm not going to tell it today. Long story short, I feel like my relationship with alcohol spiraled out of control to the point where I started to realize that it was doing more harm than good, like many things that were mentioned above, you know, scrolling on social media, being distracted by photography and Facebook, having toxic friendships, toxic relationships, toxic family members that you have relationships with, all of those things and the idea of like eliminating what doesn't help you evolve have to do with realizing that something is doing more harm than it is doing good and then eliminating that thing from your life. So that became my relationship with alcohol. It was doing more harm for me than it was good for me. And I'm not a person or 
So I'm trying to read this bullet point here. Um, It's not a person or a family member, but it's still a relationship. Like you still have a relationship with food. You have a relationship with alcohol. You have a relationship with exercise. You have a relationship with your mental health. And it's not a person. It's not a family member. It's not a significant other, but it's a thing. So you have to realize like what relationships in your life are doing more harm than good is it your relationship with exercise is it your relationship with the gym is it your relationship with food or alcohol or anything else social media you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a person you can eliminate things from your life if they aren't positively benefiting you or serving you just like you can eliminate friends and family members and significant others from your life so I don't honestly I don't want to get too much into it but basically I was the person that would not drink and maybe you can relate to this too in another way maybe you're like the person in high school or college that like barely used social media but then you got around this one person or this group of people that was always on snapchat always on instagram so then you started to use social media more to the point where it started doing more harm than good And now you're realizing, oh shit, it's not really benefiting me in a positive way. I have to eliminate it from my life. I have to take small steps back from putting so much time and energy into this thing. So that was me with alcohol. And that is why I have not had anything to drink since May 6th. And it's now June 13th. And honestly, I don't really know where I'm going from here. I've had thoughts of staying completely sober. I've also had thoughts of trying to find the right words here. Thoughts of bringing alcohol back into my life slowly and surely and only having it on occasion because thinking of being a person that is completely sober, at least right now on June 13th at 10.09 a.m., I can't see myself being a person that is going to be completely sober for the rest of their life, just being completely honest with myself. So I can see myself being a person who has alcohol on occasion, occasion meaning like going to an event or something like that, like not having alcohol at dinner when Matt and I go to date night every Thursday or Saturday, not having a glass of wine after work if I had a stressful day but on occasion. So those are my thoughts right now. Um, But right now I have eliminated it completely from my life because when it comes to it as a whole, it has done more harm than good for me. And honestly, guys, I've been in my car recording this podcast. Let's check the weather. It is hot and sunny and it is It says it's only 70 degrees, but it feels like 85 in my car. So we're going to wrap this episode up as I drop my phone, which had my script on it. So I hope that was the end here. Um, Anyhow, thank you for listening in. If you've made it this far, thank you for bearing with me as the second half of this episode was not scripted at all. Um, Just trying to be real and authentic and honestly obey my sleep and not spend hours and hours upon end writing podcast scripts right now. So I hope that you learned something from me. I hope that you learned something from Rachel, Michelle, Benjamin, Hannah, Marissa, all of the people that, Meg, all of the people that sent in responses about eliminating what doesn't help them evolve. And 
if you can ask yourself one thing today and for the rest of the week, just keep the question in your brain. What is in my life right now that is not positively benefiting me? What is something that I could eliminate that is not helping me evolve? That is the one sole thing that I want you to get out of this episode is to think about eliminating one thing in your life that is doing more harm than good, that is making you more sad than happy, and just is not helping you evolve and change into a better version of yourself that you want to be. With that being said, I will talk to you guys next week, either next Friday or Monday. I'm going to be real. I don't know if episodes are going to come out on Fridays or Mondays. It's going to be one or the other. If you are a regular listener or if you're a new listener and you're going to stay tuned, just look out for it on Friday or Monday. Make sure you're subscribed on Spotify to my podcast. You can stay in the loop. Follow me on Instagram at JustAngeMarie where I always post updates about my podcast on my story. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.